What's up, family? This is the Locker Room Beef Podcast. I am joined by my astute guest, Nicholas Lonaba, the Philly guy. Nick, how are you? Pretty good, Kevin. Who's winning the Eastern Conference this year? Um, the Orlando Magic. <laughs> and you um, said <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Um, obviously, it's been a long time since we put out basketball content, and I apologize for that. That's mostly my fault with uh, my other endeavors that I'm up to, but... I still want to put out content on somewhat of a regular basis, and we have a shit ton we can talk about here. Um, I'm going to kind of let you open the floor. I imagine the 76ers are going to be talked about here pretty soon. Uh, I don't think there's much needs to be said because they're clearly head and shoulders above everyone else in the East. Oh, um, man. Why don't, we talk about, uh, why don't we talk about what's happened, what still needs to happen, and then predictions for the next rounds. Okay. So why don't we go through each first round and give like a 20, 30 second thing. All right. Sounds good to me. Can you pull, up, you? Can you pull up the uh, first round? Bitch, I already know them off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, we'll start with the first one done. How do you feel about um, uh, Pelicans Blazers? Super surprised. That has to be the most surprising result series-wise for me. Um I thought I'm a huge Dame Dollar fan. Um, See, I'm I really, not. I really like Portland. I like I, I can't explain to you how much I'm surprised. And ultimately, the reason why I think it happened is because Drew Holiday played out of his mind. And, oh, you beat me to it. You and I think here's my thing. If he plays like that, they have a chance versus the Warriors. Because Davis is going to be able to get buckets versus the Warriors, but ultimately it's going to be about the other guys that are going to have to supplement Anthony Davis's efforts versus such a star-studded team, especially without Steph. Um, Steph is questionable for game one. Exactly, and I think what's going to happen is they're going to hold out Steph as long as they can until they feel like the Pelicans or whoever they face is a real threat. Um, which I think is what the Warriors should do, by the way. But I think it's up to Drew Holiday. If he doesn't show up, they're going to get swept for me. I mean, I got Drew Holiday's jersey hanging in my closet. I knew he's something special. People always sleep on Drew. He's been through so much. I mean, you probably hear everywhere all the story, all the things he's been through with um, traded, disrespected, all the injuries, his thing that happened with his wife. It was terrible. It was scary. Uh, goes beyond basketball. The fact that he's back and like dominating to the level that I saw him when he was in Philadelphia really is special to me. And I think honestly, the best one up the, the Blazers Pelican series was the Blazers truly got their worst matchup in the first round. They went against a team that was prepared and uh, Jokic was, or not Jokic, uh, Nurchitz was eaten alive by Davis. Yeah, he was. Um, and then the, the fact that Damon was saying he had never seen that defensive look before, even though um, the the high, the attacking double team, the when they did a pick and roll, the instant attack, the, it's the same thing that happened when they lost the Clippers, or when they advanced past the Clippers two years ago, um, that sixth game, I think it was. But it's it's this, he has seen it before, and I'm very disappointed in Dame. Um, and I know I've talked to you a lot off camera about I think it's time to break up the Blazers. Yeah, and I actually, you know, we can either bring it up now or later in the pod. But you sent me a, a trade idea that I thought was really interesting. That you know, I don't think is out of the question if the teams were thinking that way. Um, do you want to elaborate on that, or do you want to do that later? Uh, I'll do it now. I mean, Blazers are done, so it's the last chance to talk about them. For sure. Okay, so what was your... I know you, you randomly had this thought, and I thought it wasn't complete bullshit. So w- give me your thought process here a little bit more on um, Lex. I sent two trades to you that both kind of equal out salary-wise. Both of them involved Boogie. Um, 
the biggest gap right now on the Pelicans is shooting guard. Um, and I know a lot of teams are looking for a big. So imagine a starting lineup with, with Rondo coming off the bench. You got Holiday, all-star shooting guard, Etienne Moore, Miritich, and Anthony Davis. That is the kind of offense that Alvin Gentry wants to play with. I think that's a really good, that's a top three team in the East. Or the West, sorry. But to make that trade happen, Boogie's got to go. There are two landing spots that I love. Boogie to the Washington for Bradley Beal. The salaries line up, just straight up Beal for Boogie. Second one, Boogie for McCollum. Both of them can make both teams better instantly, I think. Because both the Pelicans, or both the Blazers and the Wizards are missing that dominant frontcourt guy. That Would that have to be a sign-in trade? Because is, is Boogie a free agent? Boogie is uh, uh, is a free agent this year, so you have to re-sign, sign and trade. Yeah, but I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, I think both teams, and, and I think is, both guys would like that trade. Both the Wizards and the Blazers are kind of cap-strapped, so a sign and trade would be the best option for them to free up the books because they wouldn't be able to sign Boogie otherwise. And I feel like him playing with John Wall, him playing with Dame Lord is better than him playing with Anthony Davis. I feel like it's just a better pairing. And the thought of Bradley Beal or McCollum jacking up threes on an Anthony Davis kickout, like, it's like nerd heaven. Now, would you rather, for Boogie's sake, you think you'd have more success in Washington or in Portland? Uh, more success in Washington. Me too. Yeah. I feel like the East is weaker. I mean, simple And I feel like John Wall is a better pairing with a guy like that because he's a superior passer compared and, to Damian. And I think the Wizards are a more complete team with Oubre and uh And Porter. Porter, yeah. yeah. And even leaving Gortat and doing a double tower if they have to. Oh, yeah, just like the Magic. I remember the Twin Tower days. <laughs> um, yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> That's the only days I can remember. So, like, I can dream. I don't see the trades happening because real world isn't as nice as we want it to be. But just a sh- all-star shooting guard for Boogie Cousins, it's just all, it would make everything perfect. Look, when we run an expansion team in the NBA, we're going to be able to pull off all these little ideas, okay? <laughs> the, uh, the Sanford uh, Seminoles, we'll the call them. Sanford Seminoles. I think yeah. the high school is going to probably get back to us on that one. But, Damn it. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's go down to the, that was an entire that was one series. We have plenty to go here, so, so let's try to speed up a little bit. Give me another series. Uh, the next one to finish was Philly Miami. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you talk. I, I shouldn't talk. We'll go on for hours. Uh, I'm really excited about Philly. I'm really excited to see um, how that team is going to be able to do when it comes to the later rounds because I think this next round they should be able to to advance. I think it's going to be that final round that's going to be interesting, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and I I like their chances, man. They are just so freaking talented. And uh, I, like, I like the way Brown's coaching right now. Um, and... I like the the tactics that they're deploying. I like how aggressive Ben Simmons is, but at the same token, being very smart about, you know, I think a great point guard is one that's able to delegate um, sort of like touches and possessions with the ball amongst his players. And I think Ben Simmons does a really freaking good job of that, especially when Joel Embiid's on the floor. Um, My only concern with that team is I know that Embiid is, can't, is basically unguardable, but he is not. This is the one thing, one thing about Embiid that I think he needs to be better at, which I think he can be, 
is when he gets doubled or he feels a lot of pressure, I don't feel like he's great passing out of a double team. Um, he's been specifically worse because of the mask. It's restricted his vision. If you I definitely it. think that that makes a difference. Um, I just think like if he in the later rounds becomes sees a lot of double coverages, that might be a formula for the for the Sixers to lose because I think that part of his game has not been developed yet. The one of the teams that are left in the playoffs do, um, in the East, how many of them have centers that can guard? Goose egg. Goose egg. Zero. <laughs> It's it's scary. I don't honestly think any. I maybe Anthony Davis could give him problems, but I don't think any center could really guard Embiid. It's it's amazing. It's it truly is. no, it is, and it's, I feel like, I love it because it's kind of old school. Like having a big that just flat out can't be guarded is very old school. And the most disgusting thing about this Philly team is they aren't just Joel Embiid. I'm I'm gonna fire off a few rapid points of things I noticed. I'll start with like we have two lineups of death. We have the starters who we played with the whole year, the, the most efficient starting five in the NBA per plus minus. The single best, better than any Warriors lineup, better than any Rockets lineup, is our starting five, Covington, Embiid, Simmons, and Redick. Um, I'm not forgetting a name, all right? And Sarge. Yeah. Um, that starting five, so that's a lineup. Okay, Embiid uh, needs a break. You take out Embiid. Um, and then you have the European lineup. You take out, Re- you take out, um, Covington, and you have, or you take out, sorry, Redick. You have Bellinelli, Ilyasova, Saric, Simmons, um, and um, one of the other, uh, and Redick. It's JJ. Uh, yeah, it's the, um, what, did, what, did, what did Brett call it? It was on the broadcast. It was like um, the United Nations. That's the lineup that went on the win, on the win streak because it's got five different nationalities in the starting five. You put Ilyasova as a, as a small ball five and let Simmons space out with five shooters. It's disgusting. That lineup has even better plus minus than the uh, starting five for Philly, because they've had a smaller sample size, obviously. And the fact that we can run both of those, and then Simmons could take a break, and TJ can run mop-up duty, which takes me to my next point. Um, sorry, Markel, you're done for the playoffs. Um, I'll see you next year. Uh, he got that short leash, game one and two. Game one, he played well. Game two, he got a short leash, was pulled, and then, um, and then game three, it became just TJ. Originally, it was Markel first half, TJ second half. Then it was Markel, a little bit of first half, then TJ the rest of the way. And then all TJ throughout. And I think Brett's going to ride TJ the rest of the way through the playoffs. With that being so, that's another thing. And then the third thing I want to talk about, holy fucking shit, Miami does not deserve a sports team. Fuck all of those players. They are thugs. The things they did in that series were disgusting and awful and horrific. There were multiple swings for heads, late pushes, clear flagrant fouls. They were attacking. They knew they were a worse team, so they were physically trying to harm our players. Winslow stepped on Embiid's mask. Drogic punched Simmons in the back of the head. Bloodsport tackled two Philly players into the sideline off a pick and roll. That's just three things. I mean, I agree with you. They were being ultra-aggressive, but don't you think that's kind of a tactic you have to use if you're ultra-aggressive? not... Ultra-aggressive? They he punched him in the back of the head. I get it, it's your team and I I No no, it's not just my team. That that is they were beyond the sportsmanship level of disrespectful and they're they're thugs. It was it was it made me I went into the series thinking, oh Miami, Spolster's got a cool team, they got a bunch of role players, hopefully it'll be a good series. I left the series thinking, oh my god, those guys are fucking assholes. 
I mean, when you're the less talented team and you don't want to eat that pill, you typically do some shit you probably shouldn't. You lash out like a 10-year-old. That's kind of what happened. It was it was awful. I mean, and the fact that Simmons would just like walk away, it was, it was amazing. And that's the part that I found quite impressive. Half of the double technicals were just because Simmons nodded his head and walked away and they didn't want to give a tech, just a flat technical. A lot of the double technicals were pretty suspect double technicals. Yeah. Um, right. Let's talk about, another, let's talk about another series. Um, next one to end, well, that would have been, what, Spurs, Warriors. Yeah, I mean, that was going to happen. Um, I thought the funniest thing to happen out of there is when LaMarcus Aldridge had his final game of the season after a pretty overall good year. I, I kind of give L.A. a lot of hate, but um, he had a solid season. He had 30 points and 12 rebounds in his final game, and then he goes to the press conference um to the media and sits down looks and the media has zero questions for him he goes well all right thank you guys and so he had literally like a 15 second uh press conference after his entire season the media can come up with one question i thought that clip was hilarious but um that's really all i have for that i mean it was supposed to happen um i was it ended in four or five Five. Yeah, uh, I was surprised that the Spurs pulled out the game. I, remember I think that it was an emo- emotional thing because of uh, Ginobili. Greg, yeah, Greg. No, Greg's loss. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all my condolences to Greg Popovich. I mean, family, the Spurs. Yeah, family. that's horrendous. Um, especially for a guy like that. I know so many people think like he's such a kind of a stubborn, hard-headed guy. But look, you know, everyone kind of has their their inner circle, and obviously, he lost a big part of his inner circle and. You know, I knew right away he wasn't going to coach or anything because knowing Greg uh, throughout the, all these years, I kind of knew that he would probably, you know, be able to need need a breather, um, which I think was totally okay and what they should have done. And yeah, I just feel awful for him and just the NBA family in general. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as the series goes, that was that was what's supposed to happen. It's just going to be interesting to see if they run into, you know, if that next series for the Warriors is something that's difficult. Uh, a few things about the Spurs because um, obviously we'll be talking about the Warriors a lot in the upcoming weeks um, unless you know they lose to the Pelicans which we pretty hype uh, do you how do you how do you feel about Kawhi not coming to any of the games uh, is Kawhi has Kawhi played his last game as a Spur that's so crazy to me this might be the craziest headline for me throughout the entire season it's him or Markel or John Wall the three of them the three of them have just been hilarious this season Markel is a very interesting one, too. I, but the Kawhi one, man, if you told me that Kawhi, one, would not be a spur, but two, would just, like, you explain to me how he'd be, like, kind of ready to come back, but he'd be weird about it, and then, like, didn't come, and then said, like, his inner guys don't, you know, want to wait, and then he's kind of, like, low-key bashing the Spurs. Uh, I would be like, Kawhi Leonard? Like, it's just is so out of his character or what you thought he was, because he's just such a quiet, sort of subtle guy. Um, you know, I, I'm either a, I, you know, and I weirdly think that this Popovich thing might have done something differently to that dynamic, because I think it might be one of those things where if Popovich stays in coaches, that it's going to be like Popovich has had this new refound, like appreciation for his life. And it might be the kind of thing where, look, Kawhi, if you want to go, man, you go. But look, if you want to win the way you have here with us, um, you know, I'm going to really appreciate you being around. And, I, and we're going to we're going to have things tailored to you if you want that. 
Whereas I think Greg Popovich would never be like that. But I, you know, I'm not trying to be weird about his, his the loss of his wife. But I could actually see it change man. It could change man. Yeah, I could actually see yeah it, that traumatic experience sort of having an alteration in his approach to Kawhi. Um, is being that being said, if Kawhi leaves, I have no idea where he goes. He, he, he could go anywhere. He could go anywhere. Yeah, because no one knows what's going on in Kawhi Leonard's head. It's, yeah, and it's like, well, well, frick, I, I, like I thought he was gonna stay in San Antonio, but like, is he a big market guy? Does he not like big markets? Would he stay small he, market? He Does he want to be his own his own team? Does he want to join forces with somebody? I have no idea. I think the only way Kawhi would leave San Antonio if he goes east to be a star is all I could think of. And where would do you think that would be? Miami, New York. Um, I saw a Boston trade, which was disgusting. I don't even think that'd be possible. Yeah, uh, that would I be feel, nuts. I feel like Kawhi would go east and to a big city and be a star. It was the only thing he would leave. Uh, next question. Um, you kind of touched a little bit. Uh, is it the last time we saw Brad Popovich coach the Spurs? Is he going to just be a national team coach from here on out? Yeah, I think that was the last year he coached. Is it the last time we saw Manu Ginobili in a Spurs jersey? Yeah. Are the Spurs ever going to be the same? Yeah, it's going to, especially if they lose Kawhi, it's going to take them five years. But, so rebuild. Yeah. So take Deontay Murray, um, take Bryn Forbes, LaMarcus A, obviously, will probably have to stay. Paul Gasol will leave. They're going to rebuild. Anderson. Yeah, like they're, yeah, they're going to go in rebuild mode and be like one of the worst 10 teams of the NBA for like four straight seasons. But. In the macro, like in the next fifteen years, I think they're still going to have eight playoff experience, uh, playoff appearances. Kevin, the last time the Spurs missed the playoffs, I wasn't born yet. I know. Look, look, look like every team is going to have, especially since so much of their infrastructure and their key key guys are going to be gone. Like if Greg's gone, like that's arguably the best coach in the NBA. I mean, shout out to Brad Stevens, but that's arguably the best coach in the NBA. Like, shout out Brett Brown. No, stop. Stop. Uh, I, if I, you guys I, were coached by Brad Stevens, I'd pick you in the championship. Fuck Brad Stevens. That's right, how, that's how, how, I, need to, I need to dial back the language here. I'm getting a little heated. Um, <laughs> so much 76 uh, to talk. Yeah. Uh, I guess pretty, next series, did you take anything from the Minnesota-Houston series? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I... Um, I was that was my favorite series um, before the <laughs> playoffs started um, because I thought Houston could have been on upset alert. And after game one, I still thought that I just thought that Minnesota would have to steal one of the first two, which they weren't able to I actually put a little bit of money down in Minnesota in six just because the odds were insane. Oh, I put in like literally two dollars and it would have I would have got like a hundred twenty something dollars if I had gotten that. So yeah, I didn't get that. I lost two dollars. That's okay. I can eat that pill. Um, and you know, something something's interesting there because they have three extremely talented guys, four pretty talented guys on the Wolves, and I'm not even talking about Tosh Gibson, which I think is a quality starter. I just like, yeah, I don't know if it's coaching or I don't know if it's the mix of players. There's something off with that team that I think they should be like a freaking three seed, but they just can't pull it together. Now, I know you're going to say like, well, Jimmy Butler was injured and then they slid and they barely won and they beat the Nuggets. And I got know. a problem with Tibbs. You think it's Thibodeau? Like you think I if you think that. if they have a better coach, like what, like what if Frank Vogel 
This is good, interesting. What if Frank Vogel's more of Pibbs, a defensive-minded? Yeah, but I think Vogel definitely isn't the kind of coach the same way Thibodeau is as far as only playing like seven guys. I want to see Fizdale get a job, and I love him in Minnesota too. I think that could be an interesting... Like, I, I just think if you're a coach, I would really like to coach the Timberwolves because the upside is there. The bench is deep too. That's the worst part. It's a deep bench. I, deep. I agree with you. I think they have quality players. I don't get why they weren't able to... I mean, yes, I, they're playing Houston, but over the season, I thought they would be better. It was just frustrating for me because I learned nothing in that playoff series. The Rockets have a tendency to choke. They still have to prove they can beat the Warriors. The Timberwolves are a frustratingly inconsistent team that runs their best players into the ground. Um, and they lost four games in five games. I actually I mean, did learn something in that series. Harden is not fair. Like, the Timberwolves actually deserve to win one or two of those games um, that they lost. And Harden just flat out did like his little step, step back travel and literally nothing but net like four times in a row and it's like great defense and you're like supposed to give him that and it still like works out in their favor i think like if he like the same way no one could stop joel Embiid, i think no one's gonna be able to stop harden if if that's how he shoots like that's even different than steph because with steph you kind of like play him for the three and let him drive, even though Steph's dangerous when he drives because his kick his kick out ability is so good. Harden is a whole different level when he drives because I would argue his driving is even better than his shooting. But if his shooting is at like Curry Thompson level, it's not fair. I just think James Harden is so OP. I think he should be unanimous MVP. Yeah, I don't think there's much question James Harden MVP this year. Yeah, but I, I think he should be unanimous, which obviously is. That's only happened one other time, and that's the stuff. Uh, it could be this year. I mean, it could be a pity vote for LeBron because, holy shit, his shoulders must hurt. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't really have much more to say on the Houston-Minnesota series. Um, frustrating. Uh, how about my favorite series in the playoffs this year? Uh, Utah OKC. Oh, man. Uh, so we texted last night um, during game six. Uh, wow, Donovan I'm, Mitchell can play, man. I'm going to pause for a minute. Two I told you so's are coming. Donovan Mitchell, I told you so. Second, Utah, I told you so. <laughs> Continue. I just, like, he is beyond his years. Better than I thought he would be. L- I yeah. Say. I thought like, he'd be good. He really is got a lot of D Wade in him, and I don't mean necessarily even playing style. I mean like swagger. Like yeah, like he's, he's stronger. Like, he's stronger than Wade. It's I know. scary. It's he is so good, and like he is a franchise guy. I feel bad that I think it's not 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 say not close, but that Ben Simmons should win Rookie of the Year. I just feel horrible because so like so does he. He he Mitchell's, deserves it. Mitchell's gonna get his money. He's gonna get his awards. Is all I can. That's what I, that's how I sleep at night. I'm yeah. Now I actually really want to know what the odds are. What are the odds between Simmons and Mitchell? Because it is that's got to be the most heated debate in the NBA. I I don't. I think most people agree it's gonna be Ben Simmons. So it's not that heated. But I mean, the the Mitchell believers really believe. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I don't know. That's just tough for me. Anyway, so I think Utah is very interesting. I think um, they're going to have a tough time with Houston. I just... I don't think it's a good matchup for them. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have to play out of his mind in order for them to have a chance. Um, I think Gobert is going to have to play out of his mind. Um, I think a lot of the role players are going to have to show up. You know, I could see that easily being a five-game series and Houston moves on. But, you know, if Utah can take away one of the first two games, I'm a big fan of, you know, like if as long as I almost think in a weird way, when you're the road team in the first two games, it can be real advantageous because if you can sneak out one of those first two games, to me, you're the favorite. You can be up three one with um, with two games left with three games left. Yeah, and like that's very realistic. So for me, I'm Utah, and I'm putting all of my eggs in the basket of game one and game two. And then you know, if I win one of those, and it's like, oh shit, here we go. I think the biggest thing for Utah is um, not even Mitchell, not Rubio. I think it's uh, Gobert. If the Rockets are able to shoot and space Gobert off the court, they're going to blow this series out. But if Gobert becomes a force and they get to play their game plan, it's going to be a long series and Utah could win. It could. I'm interested to see it. What's the next series? Like, uh, real fast, Kev, like I said, um, if I could be a neutral fan of the NBA, I'd like to be a fan of the Utah Jazz. I said it day one. I'm just I'm I'm very genuinely surprised with how well Mitchell's going doing as a rookie. I uh, thought he was going to be good, but not like lead teams to playoff victories kind of good in his first year. That's pretty impressive. All right, the only other series done is uh, Warriors Raptors. Oh, not Warriors. Sorry, Wizards Raptors. Yeah, Wizards Raptors. I mean, didn't learn anything new either. Yeah, Magic Washington was- is just disappointing. Kelly Oubre, I mean, uh, Porter Jr. got hurt, which is probably the reason it didn't go seven. But I mean, I think they're two even teams. They are like mirror images of each other, if you ask me. I just want to see if the Raptors can get by the Cavs, if the Cavs advance is all that's left. So uh, this segment's going to become super invaluable because we're going to know the result pretty soon. But what are your thoughts on Pacers-Cavs? Oh, I'm rooting for the Pacers so bad. I'm rooting for the Pacers. I love Victor Oladipo, man. Yeah, I, you, I guess you would, dude. Magic he's fan. He's a class, class guy. I loved his response to because they thumped the Cavs, thumped the Cavs in Game Six. Like and the only time the Cavs, have, two of the three games the Cavs won have been that buzzer beater off the goaltending call that wasn't called, and then the Game One close one or the Game Two close game. Like the the, the Pacers have thumped the Cavs more than the Cavs have thumped the Pacers. Definitely, and. I think Game 7 is going to be thrilling and close. What do the Cavs need to do to win? Play through LeBron every possession. I mean, that's what they've done every time. I no, mean, but I think I think up. sometimes they like have the idea of let's get everybody going. And I don't think that's... In Game 7, you put all your chips in, in your superstars. Um, which is why I think the Pacers kind of have no shot. I think if the, I think if the Cavs do lose... The picture of LeBron bleeding will become a huge um, like, moment where yeah. he's actually vulnerable. Like, like a chink in an armor? Yeah, like you made LeBron James bleed. He's vulnerable. He actually can be beaten. He's let's, human. Let's talk about this real quick. Let's say the Pacers, the Pacers win. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's say the Pacers win. LeBron's now a free agent. 
Do you think losing in the first round to the Pacers changes at all the scope of his free agency? I think LeBron already knows what he's going to do, and he's not going to tell us till the day he makes his decision. Really? Uh, he's such he's he's the kind of person who plans his brand so well and intricately, and has this constant narrative being crafted for himself. That I think, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, LeBron knows if he's staying or leaving. I think it's hard to put all of um, the decision on one game. Like, it's no, I just think that it might change because, like, if you play Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals, or like, I just think it changes how soon you think about that kind of stuff, as well as like how realistic it becomes. If Philadelphia is somewhere he wants to go, um, or if he wants to stay in Cleveland, or if he wants to, you know, if a little bit of behind-the-scenes tampering happens and he starts talking to Magic after the playoffs, like, you know, I think all that stuff is very real. Um, so I'd be, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to for that game seven and then what happens there, and um, I'm actually really surprised at how good Victor Oladipo is. Yeah, I mean, you watched him for years in Orlando. Yeah, he just like he he had this potential, but I genuinely never thought he was gonna be this good. Like, and I was a fan of his, but I just didn't see this. Like, he to me right now, he's playing like a superstar, like a top fifteen player in the NBA. I mean, he did have the twelve point dutter in Game Five. Most guys do. That's to me what separates the eight through fifteen and the top seven. Right. I, uh, I mean, to me, like the top seven yeah. never have never take a game off, whereas the next guys sometimes they falter like a Paul George. We're not going there. A lot of a lot of opinions have changed on Paul George. I think we should save that one for another time. Maybe once the season's over, talk about Paul. But um, okay, I guess in the uh, Indiana Cleveland, there's a lot left up in the air. Um, the other one up in the air, uh, Milwaukee. And, uh, and the Boston. Celtics, yeah. Well, do, you, do you care? Do either one of them have a chance of beating Philly? I want to see. I, uh, do you want to see Giannis in the next round, or do you want to see Brad Stevens? It's that's, t- that's tough for me because I think both of them. Actually, I literally just changed my opinion. The whole time, I kind of wanted Milwaukee to win because I think Giannis is more fun to watch versus like a good team like Philly. And I don't think you guys have an answer for Giannis. The Bucks have played us better this year than Boston. I'm gonna come out and say that the Bo- the Bucks game has been more nerve wracking for me than the Boston games. My only thing is, I just think Brad Stevens is so good of, of a coach that he, he he's gonna give the blueprint. Now, now I still think See, if Spol- that happened, they said, the same, they said the same thing about Spolstra. Spolstra but, is such a good coach; he'll have a blueprint. But Brad Stevens is number one for me. Um, with that being said, I will probably take the Bucks in Game Seven, and I'll take Philly winning in five or six. You think game. the Bucks could win two? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I don't think a you guys can't guard Giannis. Yeah, but they can't guard Simmons or Embiid. Well, no one, I think no Giannis could be interesting on both of those guys. Well, the problem is if you have Giannis on Simmons, someone's got to guard Embiid, and they don't have a center that can match up with Embiid. Thon Maker, he'll be he'll be out of the game. Do you see what they did the white side? Yeah, I just think I I agree with you. That's why you guys are so dangerous because you either I, have to guard one or the other. See, part of me really, really, really wants to beat Boston in four, 
like just kick the shit out of the Boston Celtics because it's Boston and we're Philly. But at the same time, I would much rather like to enjoy more Giannis basketball. And plus, if if the Bucks advance, the Philly has home court, which I think is just cooler. You know, more more Sixers games, more ring the bell. You think Giannis uh, is going to stay in Milwaukee long term? I hope he doesn't. I don't, I don't know what he's like. I feel like Giannis is like the kind of person who's like a, should be a small market guy, though. I think he likes the small market. I just don't think Milwaukee is the one. I, I'm gonna pass on the pun on the question until next year. I want to see what they do with the coach, how they tweak the team in the offseason. What do you think about Westbrook and Giannis as a partnership? Uh, Giannis likes the ball in his hands, and so does Russ. Uh, it wouldn't work. I don't think Giannis likes like needs the ball in his hands per se. Well, you wouldn't be using the full abilities. Point Giannis is a real thing. You, we were just texting last night, and I'm just like wondering, like, what partnership for Westbrook would be the best for him? I don't know. I think, just, I think I, honestly, KD was. I think the best thing for us is a team of shooters. I mean, I said it. Um, leave Steven Adams because Steven Adams is great for him, and just a team of shooters. It doesn't have to be stars. It could just be high efficiency shooters like Ballinelli's, guy or guys who can defend and shoot threes. That's. I don't think it needs to be a star. It should be three good. Three and D guys around a good against Stephen Adams and Russell Westbrook. I, don't I think that's that. all you need because that. any other star is going to want to take possession, take away from Russ. And I think um, OKC is kind of, um, I guess, given into the madness that is Russell Westbrook and given him the keys to the car, and he's crashed it four or five times already. But like they're kind of made their bed and have to lie with Russ now. What's your finals matchup? Um, Philadelphia, Houston, Houston in five. Houston in five. Yeah. I don't think Philly will match up well against Houston. Too, uh, too many guards in the backcourt. We're, we're bad against backcourt teams or good backcourt teams. Well, aren't you most likely going to face one unless unless you face Cleveland? Um, I'm not scared of the Rocket, uh, the Raptors. Um, with that being, and then Cleveland and Boston and Milwaukee don't have dominant guards. Um, the problem is the Sixers have to have Redick or Ballinelli or um, uh, who's another guard. We have to have Redick or Ballinelli out there at all times, sometimes even both of them, and those guys just can't play defense against elite guards. Um, you saw it in, like, Dwayne Wade and Josh Richardson were making the sit work eating against Ballinelli. Um, Simmons can't guard a point guard the whole time. TJ McConnell's not, not that good of a defender either. He's just kind of a greedy guy. I think if we end up playing a guard-heavy team in the finals, which is what we're going to get because it's the West, I don't think we have a chance. But I'm going to obviously bet we're going to win. I'm going to be ecstatic and watching every game. Um, personal selfish question. Magic are slotted to hopefully get the, or not hopefully, but most likely get the fifth pick. Who would you draft? Fifth pick. Because uh-huh. most likely, Don, like to me, I don't know if we've talked about this. To me, there's uh, a tier of three, which Don is Doncic, Bagley, and Aiden. And then yeah. after that, it's kind of like the next large tier. I mean, I really like Porter. I like you still do. really like Porter. Um, that being said, I don't know if the Magic is a good place for him. They don't really have an offensive creator. And I think they need a point guard to like before. But I mean, So if you want a point guard, who would you take? There's no good point guards after that. After uh, Doncic, you, do, you don't want to uh, let 
Are you, do you want Trey Young? I don't know, but that's what all the mock drafts are saying, and now I'm like, I guess. The only reason I like Trey Young, which is a really stupid reason, but when you're a very, very, very saddened Magic fan, this is the place you get to. But I just want relevance, and I feel like drafting Trey Young will give me that. I just want a reason for people to have the Orlando Magic game on. And I think Trey Young taking 38 shots a game is a good reason. Your sadness brings me so much joy for how shitty y'all treated me when I was saying the Sixers would come back. I don't think that the listeners, unless they're like knew me in high school, understood how much shit I got for being a Sixers fan. And I just kept smiling and saying, just wait till 2019. And we're doing it in 2018. Oh, God. Um, Your pain brings me so much joy. Yeah, I just want relevance. You, you know what? I really don't want. I really don't want Colin Sexton. You just want to be an eighth seed, get beat by the first seed Sixers in the first round every year. Honestly, I'd take that. If Trey oh, Young, Young can take me to the eighth seed, I'm cool with that. Oh, God, you're the Milwaukee Bucks. You're the Detroit Pistons. I don't think that's a bad. That's a bad thing. I would the love Sixers, to be a Grizzlies fan, make the, the playoffs almost every year. The Sixers were that for like 15 years, and it was miserable. I think just every franchise goes through that. There's only three or four franchises that, like, when they're in it, they're in it to win it. Being mediocre is worse than being bad or good. Being stuck in the middle is truly, truly soul-crushing because you... I disagree if, if as, a, as a watching fan, maybe, but as a fan that, like, if you want to go to games... Like, like I want to go to Magic Games, but I know... This is the, the fucked up place I'm at mentally as a Magic fan. I want to go to Magic Games, but I know we're going to lose. So I literally, to make it fun for me, if we lose, is I'll bet on the other team covering the line so that I at least get something out of it. And then if we win, it's like, oh, well, we won. But then I'm like, now, especially since tanking still a thing, I'm like, fuck, we won. And then the, I went to the Phoenix game, which was the battle of basically the two worst teams at the time. And we won that game and I was beyond pissed because to me now I'm like crap if we don't lose every game like we we lost an opportunity it's a real fucked up place to be so that's why I want to be mediocre so I can at least go to magic games and be like well maybe we'll win uh, after two or three years of being mediocre Kevin you'll realize there's no way out like we were at Andre Iguodala Drew Holiday the Andre Iguodala years as much as I love Iguodala were awful because we had a star and he was just good enough for us to finish between 7 and 10 every year in the East. And that is awful because you're fighting for a playoff spot and your reward is just to lose in the first round. I would rather be hoping for ping pong balls because you might get a Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. If the Magic somehow get a top three pick, I'm going to cry. You know the Sixers, um, so um, shout out to the Rice of the Ricky Sanchez podcast. The Sixers actually have a chance to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals Game 1 and to get the number one overall pick because of the process. That's such a... That's not going to happen. It's a one Aren't, aren't they slotted like the 11th? 10th. 10th? Whose pick is that again? Lakers. Yeah. That would be nuts. Just, just think about it. Well, let's actually... 30 seconds. If you got the number one pick, Luka who would Dasha. you want? Luka Doncic. Oh yeah, that would be such a good that would be such a good pick for you guys. He looks like a glove. He does. (laughs) It's disgusting. Yeah, he does. It's truly disgusting if he was on this team. Um, 
I don't know. That's that's where I am right now. I'm just a happy fan who just feels so vindicated and proud that like I can't even say I told you so that much because I knew it all along that we would be here. <laughs> You're so corny. Sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Locker and Beef Podcast. Thank you, Nick, for being my guest um on this wonderful basketball edition um hopefully we're going to bring in content for you a little bit sooner than our last delay but hopefully you enjoy the end of the first round and most of the second round um i think uh i think there's i think storylines could develop quite nicely in the second round with we'll see how the pelicans do We'll see how Philly does. We'll see if Cleveland's able to withstand the Pacers and advance in the next round. I think it's going to be an interesting round. Definitely, definitely. And I can't wait to watch every second of it, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, thank you so much for tuning in. Go follow us on all our channels, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, 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 um, as well as lockandbeef.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and peace.